chooses to bless people to be used for his glory. Saints of God, my heart is overwhelmed today. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm so grateful to the Allegheny West Conference. Uh, to my new best friends, pastors of this wonderful church, Pastor Johnson, Pastor Edmonds. Appreciate you all so much. To the members of this community of faith called Grace. I bless you. I thank you so much for uh, how you've just taken me in over this past year. Been so supportive of my radical, wild worship. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, I want to pay a, a give special recognition to my family that's here, my mom and my dad. Do you mind standing, please, so that they can see? I saw my dad, but they haven't seen my mom. Can y'all give it up for my parents, please? They drove all the way from Toronto to be here. Then, of course, you have my brother and his wonderful wife, my sister in love. Thank you so much for being here. My sister was unable to be with us, but I have a sister back home as well. And then, how many of y'all have, you know, all the girls and girls, y'all have some sisters? You have, you know, you have girls, you have friends, and you got your sisters. Okay, so they surprised me. They didn't tell me that they were coming, but Tiffany, Daquana, and Candace, can y'all stand, please? Can y'all give them a hand? They came all the way from Dayton, surprised, didn't know they were coming. God bless you all. Thank you for your surprise ministry today. <laughs> bless my heart. Bless my heart. Well, are you excited about the Word of God today? Did you bring your Bible? Did you bring your Bible with you? As you know, uh, as your pastor now, I uh, thought it was only necessary and, and wise of me to remain within the theme that we've been, we've been uh, going through. Uh, this is going to be a pastoral message. Amen. We've been focusing on uh, new, the new you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know that we've all been blessed by it. We've been going through it week by week. And uh, for this week, we are focusing on activity, being physical and active. Uh, you know what I love about the Bible is that uh, every scripture finds relevancy to every human need, even when it comes down to working out. The Bible is clear on what it is that we need to do. So we're going to go into the Word today, and I pray that we're encouraged and inspired to, to do more so that God can use us to his glory. Amen? Amen? Go with me to the book of... Don't forget Sabrina. Vini, yes. Thank you so much for, thank you so much for coming. Sabrina, can you wave at us? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's my niece. Praise the Lord. There you are. She's so embarrassed right now. You got a special, a special shout out. Thank you, mother. Thank you. She wrote it. She said, don't, don't forget Sabrina. Is there anybody else? Have I forgotten anybody else? Okay. All right. <laughs> That's what mothers are for. This is the same mother that I talked about a few weeks ago, remember? <laughs> She's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Go ask them and they'll tell you. Okay. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. That's going to be our focus for today. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, there's a, there's a verse in here that I want us to focus on. It's on the screen. I'll read it in your hearing. It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness 
is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying. Somebody say trustworthy. trustworthy. And everyone, everyone, everyone should accept it. Look at your neighbor and tell him, Jesus is my trainer. Yeah, look at your other neighbor and tell him, neighbor, in case you didn't know, Jesus is my trainer. God, have your way in this place right now. I just pray, Lord, that you send your Holy Spirit. The, well, Holy Spirit is already here. I just pray now, Lord, that you illumine our minds now. Open up our hearts and our minds to receive the word that will come forth with boldness and authority. That hearts will be changed as a result. Hide me, God. Use me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is my trainer. My brother, sitting over here, is extremely athletic. Very successful, very successful athlete uh, in his own right. He's played soccer, football, he's ran track, played ball in college, uh, played on the Oakwood University team. Uh, you didn't know that? Yeah, he was on, he was on the team. Uh, if you go home to our home in Toronto, our fireplace is like a shrine dedicated to all his trophies and all his gold medals just hanging. On the, on the fireplace. My sister, she's not here today, but my sister is also very athletic. She uh, played soccer. She played rugby. She loves to run. She's a jogger. She's a runner. But me? Indeed, I have struggled with having a sporty girl identity. Never was into competitive sports. Gym class was my least favorite class of the day. By the time I got to college, my unhealthy vegetarian diet, my unhealthy vegetarian diet, my unhealthy vegetarian diet complemented my unhealthy uh, active lifestyle. And I put on all this weight, y'all. Can I be honest about it? Put on all this weight. Now, I'm not speaking about the weight gain that comes because of health issues, because I know there's some of us that have that, but I'm talking about just being straight up lazy. Stuffing your face and then just going to bed and just like in that, you know, that, that coma that you get into after you eat a big meal. The itis, there it is, the itis. Wide open. Now since then, over the, throughout my 20s, I've done every, every, every type of activity. I've done the Zumbas, I've done the P90s, I've done the Insanities, I've done the whole gym membership thing. I've, you know, I've done it all. I've done all the diets that you can think of. I've done the 5Ks. I've done it all. Finally, finally last year, I got really motivated. Motivated enough to lose all those unwanted pounds. And lost 30 pounds. Do you have the picture? You put the picture up? Look at that. Oh, man. There it is. This picture was taken around last year this time. Yeah, it was uh, my friend's wedding. She got married this year around this time. Uh, <laughs> last year this time. Now, somebody's about to identify with my testimony. Somebody. I pray somebody does. I, please don't leave me by myself up here, y'all. Because if I covered myself in a tub of butter right now, I still would not be able to slide myself into that dress right now. Do I have a 
in this split. Oh, thank God. And I'm not the only one. Oh, Lord. You know about the struggle. Because you all have the, you know, you have the two sets of wardrobes. You have the I'm working out jeans. But then on this side, you have the I'm not working out jeans. Got two sets of wardrobes. The struggle, the struggle is real. Because uh, many of us here come from families that have many health-related diseases that you're not interested in having. Struggle is real. I mean, we, we all know that staying active strengthens the body to fight disease. And I, I remember a friend, she, he, he had uh, an uncle who had an, a heart attack. But because his uncle was so active already, his recovery time was a lot uh, less than if it was somebody who was physically inactive. He was able to get over the heart attack a lot quicker. I mean, we all know this. We all know that physical activity controls our weight. It reduces risk of cardiovascular disease. It reduces your risk of diabetes. It reduces your risk of some cancers. It strengthens your bones and your muscles. It improves your mental health and your movement. We know that staying active will do this and more. Now, I'm sure all of us here, we have our health goals because, you know, hashtag grace fit. And I want you to know that I'm here to encourage you today because I know some of us, we haven't, we haven't met our goals yet because, you know, despite how important an active lifestyle is, let me encourage you, it's not the most important thing. Stay with me. It's not the most important thing. As our text said, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. This text, Paul wrote it. Paul was an evangelist. And Timothy, Timothy was converted to Christianity under his preaching. So he's talking to, he's talking to Timothy. Paul, basically, you know, he put up a tent somewhere yeah. up there on Euclid yeah. Yeah. and uh, started preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Timothy yeah. came to those meetings yeah. and found the Lord. Yeah. You'll catch it in a minute. You'll catch it in a minute. There, there, there are some Timothys out there yeah. waiting to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And all they need is to do is walk into a meeting. Yeah. So Paul, Paul took Timothy under his wing, and Timothy became a son in his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not impossible, it's not, it's not unlikely that Paul felt the need to encourage his brother in the Lord. And so Paul is basically telling him, you know, it's, it's okay if you're trying to bring your body under subjection. It, it's actually a good thing that you want to bring your body under discipline. It's, it's okay if you're trying to, you know, do a search and rescue for your six-pack. It's, it's okay if you're, you want to see your biceps once again. It's, it's okay if you're trying to look good no matter what the angle is that you take your selfie you know what I'm talking about. You can't, you can't post every selfie. How many of y'all have about 50 pictures and then you pick one? Be honest. Yeah, because you have to pick your good side. It's all right if you're trying to get physically fit, but it's even better if you aim to be spiritually fit. Because if you're spiritually fit, you're going to be a better minister, you're going to be a better leader, you're going to be a better parent, you're going to be a better spouse, you're going to be a better follower of Jesus. Yes. I mean, come on, Timothy, look at the world that you're living in. You received the call to remain in Ephesus. Yes. You received the call to come to Cleveland. And, and we praise God that you're here. We, we praise God that you stayed in Ephesus because Ephesus was one of the most pagan, one of the most immoral, one of the most greedy capitals of the world. Yes. Ephesus was known for the Ephesian temple where Artemis, the goddess of fertility, 
was worshipped. So that means that Timothy was living in an environment where people placed a major priority on pleasure and self-gratification. So yeah, Timothy, go ahead and lift some weights. Go ahead and do it when you can, but I really need you to focus on raising up a church that values godliness over worldliness. I really need you to raise up a church that values self-sacrifice over self-indulgence. I I need you to raise up a church that values righteousness over unrighteousness. I I need you to raise up a church that values living sanctified in an unsanctified world. I, I really need you to focus on pursuing a life of godliness because the only way you're going to come against these temptations, the only way you're going to come against this seemingly attractive sin that's going on in the world right now, the only way you're going to avoid being seduced by what this world has to offer is to train yourself. Discipline yourself to live a life of godliness. Paul said later, look at the next text, he said later in the same book, flee from these things, you man of God, pursue, somebody say pursue, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue perseverance, pursue gentleness. Now, this is where most of us would stop. This is where we close the Bible and say, oh, okay, yeah, that's good, this is good, it's a good text. I hear you, Paul. I see what you're trying to I see what you're trying to say to Timothy. I, I can see how this, this would apply to me. This, this text is basically, you know, motivating me to primarily pursue a life immersed in prayer. This, this text is basically telling me that I need to bathe my life in Bible study. It's telling me that I, I need to saturate myself in service because Christ has chosen me. Not because of anything that I've done, but only by his grace. The, the spirit of the Lord is, is choosing to be upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. Do I, do I have anybody in the house today that you're just, you're just grateful that God has chosen you, that God has called you to live a life of godliness for yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good that I'm active, but it's more important that I'm out there saving souls. It's good that I'm trying to be physically fit, but it's even better if I'm trying to become spiritually fit. It's, it's important for me to work out, but it's even more important that I work Jesus into my life. Are you with me? However, however, what would happen? What happens when the one you're working for becomes the one you work out for? What what would happen if Jesus became your trainer? Let's look at the text again. This time we're going to read it in the NIV. It says, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value in all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. See, see Jesus, uh, I love Jesus, because Jesus has a way of using all things to cultivate a lifestyle of holiness, if we let him. God, God, Jesus has a way of... Uh, Using the YMCA mm-hmm, to cultivate a lifestyle 
of godliness. He, he can use Planet Fitness. He can use CrossFit. He can, he can use your walking. So this is my argument. This is what I'm submitting to you today. I submit that the only way we're going to stay motivated is if we keep going to the gym. If we keep going to the gym, we have to bring Jesus with us. I'll say it again. If you're going to remain motivated to do this whole workout thing, this whole grace fit thing, this whole health thing, the only way you're going to stay on it is if you bring Jesus along with you. See, our physical training, go to the next one, our physical training will continue to be secondary if we don't connect it to what's primary, Uh our spiritual training. Your physical training will continue to come in second place if you don't somehow connect it to what should be in first place, your godliness. Ask your neighbor, do you need a train? Try Jesus. <laughs> Try Jesus. Because, you know, we're going to continue. If Jesus doesn't come into the picture, we'll continue to allow our treadmills to become a second closet. Now, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if our treadmills are not connected to the pursuit of holiness. You're going to continue to allow your running shoes to only run you to Walmart. Instead of the gym, if you don't connect your running shoes to running after holiness. Jesus wants to be your trainer starting today. He sees your heart. He knows you're not perfect, but he knows that you have a desire to be more like him. You have a desire to be more like Jesus. So, yes, Jesus can train you to be more holy by training you to love those lunges. (laughs) Jesus knows that you want to be more like him. So he has a unique way of training you to be more like him by training you to love those squats. (laughs) Oh, man, those squats. Jesus has a way of taking that running ministry and turning it around into a way that will bless your life. Do we have a witness in the house? (laughs) But you say, oh, man, this is a little too radical for me. I don't... I don't know if I can get down with this, this Jesus thing, but this is, what I, this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus is about being radical enough to do whatever it takes to sanctify you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't say, I said sanctify on purpose because this has nothing to do with justification. You're already saved. <laughs> there aren't enough workouts that you can do. That's, right. that's going to make you more saved today than that's you were right. yesterday. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Are we with us? Are we, are we together on that? You can't work your way in to salvation. You already say. I'm talking about letting God allow, letting God use you, letting God maximize the life that he has given you. That's what this is about. So let's look at three ways, and I got a celebration, and then we're going to go home. Three ways that Jesus trains us for godliness. Three ways. Jesus will, first of all, train us to worship. Train us to worship. When I first came here last August, some of y'all remember, I used to drive a blue cobalt. It was my first car. Yeah, I got my first car pretty late. I didn't get my license until I was probably like 23. I wasn't really, um, I didn't really want to get my license. You can ask me later why. I just, that wasn't just my thing. So I didn't get my license until I was in my 20s, and I didn't get my first car until I was about 25. And so that car that you saw, I've had, I've had for a while. And I'll be honest, I, I probably didn't take the best care of it. Whatever, brother. 
Jason, my car, I don't know what's wrong with it. Can you come and pick on Jason? Yeah, so he knows what I'm talking about. I didn't take the best care of it, and so it died a slow, agonizing death. But when my car died, hallelujah, my dad surprised me by giving me his car. Anybody have a dad that spoils you? Can we give it up for the, the spoiling dads in the house? Ah, oh, I didn't have to get another car. He was like, oh, you could just, you know, you could just take that one. Man, I was so excited. Now, uh, most people give their car a name, so I named my car Dad, naturally. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I first walked into the, when I first got into the car for many, for many months, it smelled like his cologne. It smelled so good. I mean, it was his car, right? Now, I may not have taken better, good care of the cobalt, is the picture there? That's not the real one. That's just a picture. Um, I may not have taken care of the cobra, but you better believe I took way better care of the car I have now because it's dad's car. I hope somebody goes with me today. It's daddy's car. When I take care of daddy's car, I value it because I value the one who gave me the car. When I take care of my car, I appreciate the one who gave me the car. When I, when I take care of it, I'm showing him how grateful I am for giving me the car. Oh, how, how, how can I say thanks for all the things that you've done for me? I, I think somebody with me, somebody's with me in the room today. If you let him do it today, I'm talking about Jesus now. If, if you let Jesus train you, he... He will train you to be grateful for your body simply because you're grateful for the one who gave you your body. Jesus will train you to appreciate your body because you appreciate the one who gave you your body. Jesus will train you to be thankful for the ability to stretch and to move and to climb and to jump because you're thankful for the one who gave it to you. Every bone, every muscle, every joint, every finger, every toe. You're just grateful for the one who gave it to you. The psalmist declared, I am, I am fearfully, I am wonderfully made. Oh, man, I'm about to set somebody free right here. Saints of God, you have permission to preserve your sexy. You have permission to do it because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. It is your reasonable act of worship. Reasonable act of worship. You want to stay motivated to work out? Stay motivated to worship God with your body. God, I give it to you. God, I'm going to take care of this thing because, man, you, you, you did a good job with this one, Lord. I'm going to go ahead and just maintain what you already gave me. Come on, saints of God. Fearfully. Wonderfully made. Yes. Pastor last week, he said, that he said that he was sexy last week. That's why, Doc, uh, I was able to say that today. So, so if, it's, if it starts from the head, I mean, it's just going to spread itself on out to the rest of the congregation. Preserve your sexy. Yes. For it is your reasonable act of worship. Point number two, 
Jesus will train us to sweat. Somebody say sweat. Yeah. Christians aren't supposed to be wimps. We get the word training. The text says physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. That, that word training comes from the Greek word gymnasia, which means to engage in discipline, bodily exercise. And then we obviously get the word gymnasium from it, right? Gymnasia, gymnasium. But the word, this is what got me, the word gymnasia comes from the Greek word gymnazo, which means right. to train naked. I'm going to just walk for a second so you can embrace that. That comes from the word to train naked. It's Greek. And the reason why it's that is because back then, one would undress for exercise because of how hot and sweaty they would become during their hard, challenging workouts. Now, scholars have varying viewpoints on this. I did my research, but I still believe, because my mother told me, my mom told me, that when you sweat, you release toxins from your body. Am I right? Did, you, were your, did your mom tell you, did somebody tell you that when you sweat, the more you sweat, that's why you go to the sauna, that's why you do your yoga, that's why you, you work up a sweat because you want to release, you want to release some toxins. Oh man, I wish I had a church that would go with me today. You want to release some things that are not supposed to be in your body. So for the sake of this message, I just want y'all to shout it out for me. You ought to work it out so you can sweat it out. You ought to work it out. So you can sweat it out. Oh, man, this is exciting. This is good. Because if you let Jesus train you, he's going to train you till you get hot. He's going to train you till you feel the burn. He's going to train you till you start sweating out some things. Aren't supposed to be there. Because he wants your workout to remind you that you can use some painful situations that you're going through to sweat out the things that are causing pain within you. Some challenging situations that could turn around in your favor because some stuff is sweating out of you. Not having enough money in the bank will make you sweat. <laughs> but God may be trying, you know, to sweat out your lack of faithfulness in a God to provide for you. you know, uh, laying on your sickbed can make you sweat. But God may be trying to sweat out your dependence on yourself. Uh, uh, interviewing for a job that you're not qualified for will make you sweat. But God may be trying to sweat out your lack of confidence in his favor and, and trusting in your God. Your, your spouse might be annoying you today. And your spouse annoying you <laughs> will make you sweat. <laughs> but God may be trying to sweat out the impatience that you have with your spouse. He, he may be trying to sweat out the lack of compassion that you have for your, for, your, for your spouse. I'm here to let somebody know, stop avoiding activities. Stop avoiding situations that make you sweat. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. God is trying to 
trying to sweat some things out of you that aren't supposed to be there. He's sweating out your doubts. He's sweating out your fears. He's sweating out your worries. He's sweating out your negative thoughts. He's trying to sweat those toxins out so that you can be a stronger vessel for him. Put aside every weight. So he easily besets you. And run with endurance. The race he set before us. Look at your neighbor, tell him, sweat it out. Thirdly, Jesus will train us to carry out your assignment. Promising benefits in this life. Training to carry out your assignment. You know that there are apps on your phone that you can put on your phone now that can help with blocking online distractions so you can get more work done? Uh, For example, uh, the Freedom app. There's an app called the Freedom app will block websites that distract you from getting your work done. Uh, there's another one called Antisocial or Antisocial that will keep you from getting sidetracked on all those social be- uh, media sites when you're trying to stay focused. Somebody say focused. focused. Trying to stay focused. And so they have these apps that will, you know, minimize or get rid of the, 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 the distractions. Godliness. Godliness is about letting go of behaviors that seek to interfere with your focus. Are you with me? If you let Jesus in, if you let Jesus be your trainer, he will use staying active to train you to have a more focused, a more disciplined mindset that enables you to fulfill your assignment that you've been called to here on earth. You're not called, saints of God, to be continuously sidetracked by attitudes and beliefs and habits that interfere with your purpose because there's an abundant, beneficial life that is waiting for you if you would just stop getting sidetracked. So for me, I can be very moody. Yes. Can, you know, just, I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to do it. I just, I'm all over the place. I can get very moody. So I, I, I can also, I, I can live in my head a lot. Just analyze and think and overthink and overthink and what if and what if and what if. What that? Let's, huh, huh, just, and it gets really crazy. Does, am I the only one that has those kinds of, okay, good, good. So me getting off the couch, me rolling out my bed at 5 a.m., shout out to Alicia, who's been, me and Alicia have been going to Planet Fitness at 5 a.m. every morning. Where's Alicia? Where's she? There we are. So me doing that, me rolling out of bed every, every morning, keeps me from undermining my assignment to be your pastor. Because y'all don't want to deal with a moody pastor. Man, I got to get out of this bed because if I don't, and if I don't get my energy up, when I go to the office, they're going to see a side of Kimberly that they don't like. So let me go ahead and work this stuff out. Oh, man, you don't hear me. So that I can stay faithful, so I can stay focused on the assignment that God has given me. It gives me a clearer mind. It helps me manage my moody emotions. It, It gives me more energy. It gives me more confidence. And these are all the things that I need to enjoy my life. That's what I need to enjoy my purpose. That's what I need to do to enjoy my assignment. Can Can I be practical with you today, saints? Let Jesus train you to do activities that strengthen your mind. 
Find something to do that, that gives you the ability to be a good mother, that gives you the ability to be a better father, that gives you the ability to, to live out the purpose that God has given you. Let Jesus train you to get up and do something. Do something. Get up and do something. Remember the man in, uh, uh, by the pool of Bethsaida in, in John chapter 5? He was living by the pool, waiting by the pool for 38 years, waiting for the water to be stirred up, waiting for the water, waiting for the water to be stirred up so he could step on in and be healed. Well, well if, if the pool, if the man from the pool of Bethsaida, if he was here today, he would have an opportunity to testify and he would tell you that you can't live your best life laying down. You can't live your best life watching TV every day, sitting on that couch, doing nothing. At some point, you have to choose to get up and not wallow in the things that are trying to keep you down. Get up and do something. Stop allowing those mindsets. Stop allowing those habits to hold you back from living out the assignment that God has given you. Stop sabotaging. Some of us should be much farther along in our purpose. And I declare that part of the reason why you're not where you should be is because of your body, because you're not healthy enough. And if you got yourself together, if you got just a little bit more confidence, you would walk into some things. You would do some things because you feel good about yourself. Stop sabotaging your assignment. Let the church say, get up, up. do something. something. (laughs) Lastly, lastly, God will train you to keep going. Just just tap your neighbor and say, hey, keep going. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, 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 keep going. Keep going. Oh, this is good. So I've had, I've had several personal trainers. As you know, my journey is long when it comes to health. I've had several personal trainers, and all of my trainers were uh, so encouraging. But I had, I had one particular trainer that really, really pushed me to my limit. Uh, and I thought I wasn't going to make it. She had me do some crazy stuff. I, I thought I was going to die. But when she saw me, you know, trembling to make, that, to make that last rep, when she saw me trembling to try to get to the end, she would yell at me, keep going! When she saw me struggling to, to finish that last, finish that last mile, I want to keep running and tired. I want to go. She would say, "Keep going." She saw me barely able to make that last push-up. <laughs> you know, but, uh, and you go down and you don't want to get back up. She would push me up with her words and say, "Keep going." Jesus is that kind of trainer. He is. He's that kind of trainer. He'll tell you to keep going because he promises never to leave you nor forsake you. He'll tell you to keep going because he promises to strengthen you. He promises to help you. He promises to uphold you with his right hand. He'll tell you to keep going because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's not going to leave you when you want to struggle. He's not going to leave you when you're down and out. He's not going to leave you when you think you can't make it. He's not going to leave you when you feel like giving up because Jesus, our Emmanuel, Jesus, our strong tower, Jesus, our rock and a Land. Jesus is here to tell you to keep going. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
stop at the end. Now we're in Olympic season right now. How many of y'all like the Olympics? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I, I'm reminded that the story of Kelly Holmes, who kept going for the gold despite so many obstacles. She kept going for over eight years. She was anemic, but she kept going. She had asthma, but she kept going. She had back problems, but she kept going. She pulled a hamstring in Atlanta, in the Atlanta Olympics, and she kept going. She, she had a stress fracture to, to the shin, which required three agonizing injections into the bone to numb the pain, but she kept going. She, she tore her Achilles tendon, causing her to lose in 1997, but she kept on going. Do I have a witness in this place? In 1999, she, she was at a national championship, and she hurt her back so badly, causing her to lose all sensation down her right side for five months, but she kept going. Before, before the 2000 games, she tore her calf muscles, but, but, she, but she kept going. She, she was diagnosed, Kelly Holmes, with bad knees in 2003, but, but she kept going. She, she got so depressed that she began cutting herself for almost two months to relieve the pain, but, but she, she kept going, but finally... Somebody say finally. Finally, after eight years of being defeated, even though the odds were stacked against her, when she got to the 2004 Olympic Games, when she got to the Games in Athens, Greece, because she kept going, I said because she kept going, she won a gold medal in the 800-meter race. I said she won a gold medal. After breaking her back, after tearing her teeth, and after breaking her knees, because she kept going, she won the race. Look at your neighbor and tell him to keep going. Keep going despite the pain in your life. Keep going despite the setbacks in your life. Keep going despite the heartache in your life. Keep going despite the death in your life. Because this world is not my final home. Keep going. I'm just a passing through. Keep going. Do I have any Adventists in the house that still gets excited, that still gets encouraged to keep going? Because in a little while, we're going home. Keep going. Because God promised to give me a new body. Keep going. When my corruption will put on incorruption. Keep going. Because in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not told you. Keep going. Keep going. Where there'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more death. Keep going. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more night. Keep going. But most of all, most of all, you ought to keep going. Because one day, one day, you're going to see your trainer. You're going to see your trainer. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're going to see him face to face. Keep going. Keep going. Because when we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day. What a day of rejoicing. That will be. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Because we got to make it to heaven, y'all. We got to make it to heaven.
Put your hands together. Tell somebody, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We're standing all over the room. We're standing all over the room. Keep going. Because you want to see the trainer. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Anybody feel like going on today? Got a little more pep in your step today. I want to make an appeal, a very specific appeal. There's two appeals. I want to pray for people that are in the room today, and I'll be the first one that has any health-related health diseases that could disappear or that could significantly be reduced if you actually had an active lifestyle. Come on, come on. I want to pray specifically for, for you today, that if you actually just took some time to work out, to walk, to, to exercise, to run, to jog, maybe get yourself a trainer, Jesus, amen you probably would lose the blood pressure pills. The diabetes would probably have to come under subjection. You probably wouldn't have to deal with cholesterol as much. If you just decided today, Jesus, you're going to be my trainer. You tell me when to get up. You tell me what to exercise. You tell me what to do. So you can throw away those pills, man. Because it's health related. Some of us are, because we're carrying so much unwanted weight, we have certain diseases. This is not a time for shame. It's not a time for condemnation. This is a time for God to do a new thing in us today. And I'm the first one that's here. And then the second appeal is for those that just say, hey, man, I just need Jesus to be my trainer. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to do this thing on my own, and it's not working out. I keep failing. I'm so unmotivated right now. This is the second time I've had to buy clothes that, you know, I, I, I lost the weight, and then I was feeling happy, and then now I'm back to the same size again. And I'm just like, I don't know what else to do. I'm so annoyed with myself right now. Let Jesus be your trainer. He wants you to have the abundant life. He wants you to feel good about yourself. He wants you to feel confident in yourself. He doesn't want you to be like, oh, well, I guess I look okay. No, he wants you to be like, I'm excited about how I look. I want to pray for you. So those are the two camps. If you are in any of those two camps, I'm going to invite you to come to the front today. I'm going to invite you to come to the front today. 